Well, just get on with it. That's the advice to government from an impassioned Andrew Twiggy Forrest who addressed the National Press Club earlier today, perhaps uh, best known as the founder and executive chairman of Fortescue Metals. He's also one of Australia's biggest investors in renewables, and he had more than a few ideas about where we're going wrong making this transition to green energy. Dr. Andrew Forrest, welcome back to Drive. No, fantastic to be here. Thank you. Among the ideas you spoke about at the National Press Club today, for those not glued to the news channel uh, at midday on a Monday, was the idea that every project up for government approval in this space must have a climate trigger. Now, the Greens proposed a bill that would require this. Does this mean that you're in lockstep with the Greens over this? Obviously, I'm not in lockstep because I don't know about the Greens bill, but what I can say is that it will be seen as crazy not having a climate trigger when you're stacking up a green energy project against a fossil fuel project. One is going to give you cheaper energy and not destroy the place, and the other will destroy the place and give you more expensive energy. So I think a climate trigger just makes complete common sense. Rod Sims joined me recently to explain his and the Superpower Institute's sort of re-prosecution for a carbon tax. Uh, firstly, are you funding the Superpower Institute? And secondly, how does a carbon solution levy uh, do what the carbon tax would or could not? Okay, look, I hadn't heard of the Superpower Institute until I read about it, so obviously not funding it either. Um, and secondly, what their car- carbon solutions levy proposes is a, is a levy just on the 100-odd fossil fuel uh, producers and importers who are who are basically nobbling green energy, really getting going in this country. Um, and, uh, and at the same time, they're forcing up energy prices, coal-fired power stations are completely unreliable, which means we've got spikes in energy, which we shouldn't have. As they put their foot on the throat of green energy, they actually make life much more expensive for every single Australian. And let's not forget that we're in this soup because of fossil fuel causing global warming. It's high time to get out of it. If Australia really does have such an opportunity that's begging to embrace our green energy future, as you call it, um, why did Fortescue choose the USA over Australia as the site for your first major project, this uh, liquid green hydrogen uh, project or facility in Phoenix, Arizona? I mean, what, what would need to happen for you to open something like that here in Australia? Well, we're working super hard to open projects like that here in Australia. Arizona went first just simply because of the economics. There was very reliable green energy over there, which was at low cost. Plus, let's not forget, they've got this economic engine. It's not a subsidy, which gives you a tax credit on every kilo of green hydrogen you produce um, at $3. Now, that's a really clever investment multiply economic engine because it gives you a credit on a profit which hasn't been made on an industry which doesn't exist in a space which you absolutely must have. So what it's doing, it's, it's driving investment into the United States with a, with a credit um, which has to be made first be, before, um, it, it, before it can appear. So it's a really clever piece of work um, by the US government and I'd see no reason why we wouldn't adopt the same economic engine here. What about the government's hydrogen head start policy announced in October last year? I think it's $2 billion. Was that not enough as an incentive for you to apply through that scheme? Yes, yeah, so that is a straight 
um, incentive or subsidy. What I'm saying is that, yeah, that's great, and I'm not knocking anything. Two truths can exist in the same space, as you know. What I am saying firmly is that the green hydrogen tax credit of $3 a kilo um, costs the Australian the Australian taxpayer, or in their case, the American taxpayer, precisely nothing in effect because the industry doesn't exist. It has to make a profit before you can even enjoy a credit, and then you're paying a credit on a future industry, on a future profit, which doesn't exist to incentivise both in a critical industry, which is fundamental to the future of the Australian economy. So I just think it's a really smart economic multiplier um, investment engine for America that's been proven out. Um, and so therefore, why not adopt it here? Andrew, I've interviewed you many times over the years and I know when you get your heckles up, I noticed today at the press club that you took umbrage at the question about the feasibility of your green hydrogen projects. Just to clarify, you are already making green iron, but is it at scale or is it still at the pilot stage? Yeah, so if we're making green iron at scale, we'd be very noticeable to you um, because we'd be transforming Australia's iron ore landscape, which is either the biggest or our biggest export generator. It is a huge dream, which has gone for generations and certainly of mine, um, that we produce iron and steel here in Australia instead of exporting it. It's not going to be easy. We'll need breakthroughs in technology. Fortescue is close to a number of major breakthroughs in technology. We have abundant solar and wind, and of course we have abundant iron ore. So I'd really like to, to marry these two as soon as possible. Yes, we're doing it experimentally now. It's working well. Um, can we scale it up? Can we make it economic? You know, we're, we're working very, very hard on that. I think we're moving faster than any other company would in our space, and we're getting on with it. A news poll conducted for the Australian newspaper recently showed 55% of all Australian voters supported the idea of a small modular nuclear reactor as a replacement technology for coal-fired power. And this included two-thirds of younger Australians, might I add. Um, given the appetite, isn't that something that we should be pursuing more seriously in, in this country? Yeah, I think we should be pursuing the truth about it. We should have actually said to all, all the youth um, and the general supporters that yeah, go ahead and support this. It's going to take 10 to 20 years. There's no nuclear, small nuclear reactors in the world. They're all at the experimental stage. Oh, and by the way, it'll cost you four to five times more than green energy, but let's knock ourselves out. If the, if, if the youth and the Australian voter had been given that information as opposed to just peddled small nuclear reactors as though they're somehow an existing solution when they're nothing of the sort, we wouldn't have had those skewed results come back. Now, of course, I'd say that's a great idea. Obviously, they wouldn't be peddling something which is five times, four times more expensive, would they? No, so I'll vote for it. Actually, that's what they are peddling and we should just get the message out there. What you're being asked to adopt and, and support saying yes or no to, by the way, it's going to cost you four to five times more than green energy. Now, is it still a good idea? I've got to say, the, one of the most um, uh, tantalising parts of your presentation today was the possibility of a great equaliser, the fact uh, you know, that the country and the city can both get on economic level pegging because of renewable energy. You'd have to also say that regional Australia does bear the brunt inordinately when it comes to land use around renewable energy. Do we need to compensate landowners uh, more forcefully, if you like? Yeah, look, I would say um, as a farmer and cocky and a bloke from the bush myself um, that 
that we should always compensate. I've had land expropriated from our station, Mindaroo. Um, you get paid a market value. That's how it's existed for decades. Um, should we should we pay more for trans transmission? I think that's a fair call. But you know, let's let's get on with working out the solutions. Let's not say, oh, it's a bit hard, so let's not do it at all. That is the exact argument of the fossil fuel sector, which, like the tobacco lobby, kept tobacco mainstream, killing Australians. Like fossil fuel is mainstream, harming all our environment. Uh, and we've just got to move on from it. Just lastly, just lastly, I mean, I know you kind of put most of the political parties or the major political parties into the same boat in terms of if they're with you or against you. Are, are any of them with you on, on these sorts of visions? Are any of them with me on these sorts of visions? I think everyone is with me on um, lowering the cost of energy, on bringing in the world's last cost energy, which is green. I think everyone is with me on using green energy to make green iron, to make green steel, to ramp up Australia's technologies. And I think everyone is with me on stopping the massive, massive imports, which sees huge tax dollars, which mums and dads have made and paid, flowing out of Australia just to import all our energy from overseas. That is just a joke. Everyone gets that. When we can make all our own energy at home for Australia, by Australians, then that's what we should be doing. And I'd, I'd just ask my political brothers and sisters to explain that, to to stop setting us against each other and just say, actually, we're all on the same side. We want a lower cost of living and we want uh, to do our bit towards climate change and we want a higher standard of living, all of which can come with full employment, full economic growth for generations if we adopt green energy. Very interested to see which ones listen in terms of putting this stuff in policy platforms ahead of the next election. Dr. Andrew Forrest, always a pleasure. Great to have you. Thank you for having me on board. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.